Welcome to episode number 64 of the Four Animals for Earth show, COP26 Climate Summit. What can we do? The simple idea for today is to talk to one friend about the summit in a non-confrontational way. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. This is a bit of a different format today. Typically, I come on and I interview various creators and activists, or I come on by myself and I share simple ideas around a very specific topic within our lives. But today is diving into current news, and it's about the Climate Summit. Uh, this summit has kind of consumed my life for the past couple of weeks. I would imagine potentially yours. At the very least, you've probably heard... Um, heard the word COP26, or you've heard some of the frustrations coming out in the news. And I wanted to talk about that today. I wanted to talk about some ideas for us not to get too overwhelmed and too defeated by what maybe our country leaders uh, are doing <laughs> versus focusing on like what we can actually do in our lives. So today's episode is formatted into four different sections. The first is going to be a quick what is COP26 and some history around it. Then we're going to get into what the new pledges were this year at the summit in Glasgow. Um, the third section is why activists are so upset. And the fourth section is what can we do? I've put together seven simple ideas that we can try. They're actually groupings, so there's even simpler ideas within them. So hopefully something will speak to you. So let's get started with a little history lesson. So COP26, COP, C-O-P, it stands for Conference of the Parties. And it is a conference that was started back in 1995 to bring various global leaders from all different countries together to work together to collaborate against climate change. Uh, the thought is it's obviously a global problem. It's something that unites us as human beings, and we all need to work together to make a difference. There was what I would call kind of like a a big milestone, I guess, in 2015 at the summit in Paris. At that point, you know, scientists were talking about how in reality we need to limit global warming to a 1.5 degrees Celsius increase over pre-industrial times or we are going to, to face really, really tough situations as humans. So um, once the atmosphere keeps warming, it's causing a lot more natural disasters, causing sea rising, causing drought. And most of what is happening is going to hit the most vulnerable areas and vulnerable countries first, even though it's being caused by a lot of the wealthier nations who made our money. I say our, I'm because I'm a U.S. citizen, made our money off of fossil fuels. We became industrialized. We have factories and within our homes and within our cars, it's, it's all been a lot around fossil fuels for the past 100 years, right? So 
those fossil fuels burning into the atmosphere are raising the temperature. You're probably familiar with all of this. So in 2015, the there was a big effort put behind how do we stop us from going above that 1.5 degrees Celsius increase. And there was an agreement put together and every country would pledge what they were going to do differently to lower their emissions to ultimately get to a net zero carbon emission world. And those pledges were put forth and then every country would come back together every five years to update the pledges. Well, year five was 2020 last year. So it was... um, Uh, postponed for a year. Now it happened right now in Glasgow in 2021. And all of the countries came in with their new pledges. So to give you, uh, not all of the countries, let me take that back. Not every country came in with new pledges, okay? But I will share some of the pledges that did come out of this, um, this year's summit. So the USA, Joe Biden, you know, gave a speech and he talked about how the USA is pledging to reduce emissions by at least 50% by 2030 and to get to a net carbon zero, a net zero carbon by 2050. There's two kind of like big things going on right now behind that pledge. It's the $1 trillion infrastructure plan that was just approved. And that is money that's going to go into revamping and rebuilding roads, bridges, railways, airports, public transit, internet access, water, wastewater, modernizing the electrical grid, and putting in more electric charging stations to help our country move towards electric cars being more accessible. So that was just approved. There's a second plan. You are probably familiar with this as well. Right now it's sitting at $1.7 trillion. It's the Build Back Better plan, which provides a lot of the social policies and programs that go along uh, with the infrastructure plan. So that is still in negotiations. Uh, maybe by the time this airs, it's it's airing tomorrow. So I don't know. Because this is a current news segment, I'm not really sure. Like, you know, by the time this comes out and you all see it, there there will be new fresh news, right? So anyway, that's that's kind of around the US uh, pledge. There were a hundred countries who pledged to halt and reverse deforestation by 2030. There were 90 world leaders who signed the Global Methane Pledge. Um, the most notable was Brazil that signed that. Surprisingly, uh, there were 430. There was 413 million dollars in new funding put into the Least Developed Countries Fund. So this is a fund that was put together to support these more vulnerable nations that don't have the money to build the infrastructure to combat what's happening with the environment. So if we think about sea levels rising and kind of um, taking over coastal settlements, there are places like such as Miami where money is being put into infrastructure to build up roads. But there's other places that just don't have the money to build up that infrastructure or to prepare for the migration of people to move to different um, safer areas. Drought is also something that is becoming worse and happening more and therefore crops aren't available to sell. So there's, a, I think, a pretty general consensus agreement that the wealthier nations that have caused a lot of these problems need to be supporting the more vulnerable ones. That being said, I think most people agree that not not enough money is being put towards doing that. But anyway, $413 million in new funding was put in. 
Um, and India committed to a net zero carbon emissions by 2070 and 50% of electricity to come from renewables by 2030. So that was a big one that a lot of people were really excited about. I don't think people expected India to, to come forward that much with their pledge. So all of these pledges, you know, came out as the new pledges and activists were extremely upset. And so, you know, why? Why were activists so upset? Well, from day one, I think there was a lot of sentiment around this not going well in terms of what activists feel like need to happen. And there was basically this constant conversation that it's not enough. And the scientists actually did come out this week from the Climate Action Tracker and showed that if all these pledges are met that were put forth, we are still looking at a 2.4 degree increase in um, global warming. So it's not realistic. Um, it's, it's still way too high. And we're still looking at catastrophic futures for the human species. Um, also, some of the big players, their presidents and prime ministers never even showed up at the conference. Uh, China, Brazil, Russia, none of them were there. Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned, like not enough money is thought to be being given to vulnerable countries. So basically just not enough, I think, could be summing up what activists feel. So there's been a lot of pressure in the past, you know, couple of days to really um, make it a part of this new agreement that the countries will come back next year with better pledges and updated plans to actually do something by 2030. So 2030, I think, is seen as a bit of a tipping point. So uh, the UK COP26 presidency, so that's the people who are in charge of the summit this year. They've drafted up the plan and coming back next year is included in that draft. So it'll be interesting to see how the negotiations go and whether that's agreed upon or not. So if you're hearing all of this and you're feeling anger and frustration and disappointment around this. Uh, in our clubhouse room last week, you could just feel it. The energy is so heavy. And uh, same thing with me. You know, every news article that comes out, I read it and, you know, my heart sinks a little bit more thinking about the future for my kids, potential grandchildren, just what it's going to look like for them. And it really does begin to blow my mind when I think about my own two children who are six and 10 right now, likely seeing this future difficult world if things don't change. Um, and it often feels like everything is just so out of my control when I look at the fact that I'm not a president of a country. I'm not a congressman. I don't really feel like there's anything I can do about what's happening at the summit. Um, that being said, I do think there is something that we can do within our daily lives that impacts that. And the reason I say that is that all of those delegates at the summit, even the president of the United States of America, he's a human being, right? All of these people are human beings who have conversations with their friends and their trusted circle of people around them. And they are influenced by that circle of people. And our circles, they all connect to each other eventually, right? So if we are doing something within our lives and we're talking to our friends about it and they feel even the little slightest bit of influence to do something in their lives and then they talk to their friend about it, eventually these circles connect, right? And, you know, maybe my circle's not going to connect to Joe Biden, right? But 
it could connect to various CEOs and decision makers in some of the big companies that do control a lot. They are still just human beings and what they think and what they believe impacts those decisions. So I do think there's a lot we can do and we are also incredibly creative beings. Human beings have done unbelievable things, right? We've sent man to the moon. We have um, solved for recycling plastic. I mean, there are so many things that we have done as humans that I do believe we are going to continue to come up with creative solutions. And the more people that care, the more solutions we're going to come up with. All right. So hopefully you're feeling a tiny bit of like, I can do something here. Here are seven areas of ideas for you. I hope you'll pick one and try it out. Yep. Okay. So simple idea number one is to do one small thing that's within our power each day. I have... Um, I have an episode, episode number 37 that I did, which is all about the UN's sustainable development goals. Those were established back in 2015 when the Paris Climate Agreement was put in place. And they are really incredible and they can actually be applied to our individual lives. There's an app out there that will give you a daily trigger of things that you can do that day that are super simple to make a difference. So I recommend if you are interested in this idea of just bringing in one thing per day into your life, go check out um, that episode. It's episode 37 and use that to help you find a way to schedule it into your uh, daily life. So simple idea number two is to lower our own personal greenhouse gas emissions. So there are things that we can do within our daily life that add up number one in our carbon footprint, and number two in our psyche and our just lifestyle. So one is to drive an electric car. Now, not everybody has that option, and I completely get that. So when I throw this idea out there to, to get an electric car, if that's something that's feasible for you, consider it. If it's not feasible for you, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're not making a difference. You know, there are other things that we can do. And especially on the electric car front, that's a lot of in the United States, what that infrastructure bill is to make electric cars more accessible. So maybe it will be an option in the future. In the meantime, maybe there's an option to carpool. Is there, is there, you know, could you be carpooling to get someplace or walking or riding a bike or using public transit? You know, those are all ideas that we can consider. And if none of those things work for you, that's okay. There are other areas to make a difference. Another idea is within our home, lessening what we use in terms of fossil fuels, less air conditioning, turning off the lights when we leave a room, unplugging our electronics. These are all things that we can get into the habit of doing that lessen our carbon footprint. And in a totally different realm, let's say none of that works for you or you're already doing those things. Another realm is methane emissions. And methane emissions, one of the biggest things for that are cattle and agriculture. So we can actually help with those by cutting down on our meat consumption. I mean, you know, like I'm a huge proponent for a vegan lifestyle, right? But even if not a vegan lifestyle, just cutting back on the amount of meat that we eat can make a huge, huge difference. And it's pretty well known that as humans, we've gotten into this lifestyle where we eat a lot more meat than what is actually necessary or even healthy, I think, debated by a lot of people. So if you could cut back on a little bit of meat, that's another way that you could make a difference in your daily life. So 
Simple idea number three is to demand transparency. I truly believe we have gotten to a point now where there are so many brands and there are so many companies who are clearly communicating what they do to the world. They communicate who makes their products, where those products are made, how they're made, what materials are used for them, and they're transparent. And so if we support these companies and these brands that are being transparent, we're helping put pressure on the ones who are not. And at this point, there really are options of companies that are being transparent, as well as just, I think, asking ourselves, like, do we really need this item and trying to move toward less consumption period? Do we really need to buy something brand new for whatever it is that we're buying? Sometimes the answer to that is yes, but sometimes the answer to that is no. Sometimes we don't need it at all. Sometimes we can find it used or secondhand somewhere. And then if we do really need it, we can purchase from these brands that are being transparent and clear. So I honestly think we're at a point where we should be demanding transparency. So simple idea number four, take it into our own power to plant some native trees, bushes, flowers, plants, whether it be on our balcony, our backyard, whatever our domain is. We talked about this a lot last week in episode 63 and creating a certified wildlife habitat in our own backyard. Whatever realm we have power over, (laughs) whatever little domain, we can plant green and that green is going to help the earth. It's, It's worth it. It's worth doing it. We can also donate to organizations who are doing reforestation. I'll give you links to those that I like in the show notes. We can get involved when we travel. In episode number 43, Ahud Sperling was telling me about their project, Hacienda de Ocote, in Costa Rica. And when you're there, you can um, stay in the Airbnb and you can plant trees while you're there, which is just a super cool way to get involved. Uh, And then on the consumer front, we can do zero waste alternatives for paper products. You know, paper towels, for instance, use cloths instead of paper towel. Uh, We can also switch out the material that's being used. So for toilet paper, we can use bamboo toilet paper instead of regular toilet paper. There's a lot of different brands on the market that offer this. So there's a whole bunch of ideas. You know, maybe 95% of them, you said, no, this won't work for me. But maybe there was something in there that does. Number five is to contact our Congress members. This is something that almost all of us can do. We can let them know what we are passionate about and what we care about. And I think that's really important right now in all different countries because this is such a divisive topic and it's so highly politicized right now, which I mean, don't even get me started. I don't understand why the environment and our well-being is a political, like, I mean, I get why politicians, why we need them to do the work. Obviously, I don't understand why believing in something puts you in one political party or another. But I'm not going to get on that soapbox. What I want to say is that we can all be telling our Congress people what we want from them. And easy way to find them, you just Google. I think you'll find them easily. But at house, uh, house.gov, senate.gov in the United States is where you can find your local people. I'll put links to that in the show notes. You can also start a petition or sign our own petitions. In episode 49, I talked all about that. So I'll link to that as well. 
Number six is to post on social media using hashtags. So if you're someone who actively uses social media, just add some hashtags in to help your voice go further. I learned this idea from Siham, who's my co-host over in Clubhouse. She runs Wildly Black. And she was talking about how powerful hashtags are for helping us spread the word and reach more people. So try it. Hashtag your different posts that you do. And number seven, this one is probably going to sound too simple, but I really think this makes a difference, is to spark conversation. I mentioned this earlier. This ripples out. This impacts people, and we don't even know all of the people that we will reach by just sparking conversation around the people within our realm or our world or just talking about this anytime we can. And I want to caveat that with saying talking about this in a non-threatening, approachable way. Because if you're passionate about helping the environment and helping animals and that passion bubbles up into so much anger and frustration with all of the people out there who aren't doing enough, it ends up their walls go up. And it actually kind of makes the situation worse. And so I really do believe if we can keep talking in a non-threatening way, in a curious way, in a way that we're willing to listen and hear what others have to say, that's going to go a long way in learning from each other and, and building more advocates. I think more advocates will exist if we can have these calm conversations. So try that. Try that with the people around you that you feel like you can share something with. I mean, perhaps this episode, if you enjoyed this episode and you got something out of it, share it with a friend or tell them the one thing that you're going to try um, to lessen your carbon footprint. You know? That's that's enough. That starts to send that ripple out. Uh, if you want to join in conversation with me, I am always looking for ways to spark more safe conversations about all of these topics. Like I said, this is the first time I've done a current news segment. So over in the show notes where all those different links that I mentioned as well as my um, references for all the different stuff I quoted and more reading, all of that is going to be at foranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 60. And on that page at the very bottom, you can comment and you can share your thoughts and your ideas. And I would love to get a conversation going over there where we can all talk to each other and learn from each other, like I said, in a safe, non-threatening environment. So I hope this episode was helpful. Like I said, um, I know it's new, so I would love to hear if current news is something that is interesting to you. And yeah, I'll be back next week. See you then. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you enjoyed it, please pass it on to a friend. They can find this episode and any others at foranimalsforearth.com slash podcast. If you're listening on Apple, please consider leaving a rating and a review. They help so much when someone lands on the Four Animals for Earth page and wonders about the podcast and whether it's worth listening to. You can do that at foranimalsforearth.com slash Apple. A reminder that the free library 
Library exists. If you haven't signed up for that already, that is a place where I have compiled all of the freebies that I've made over the years. There are shopping lists, which will be really helpful coming up soon. Uh, there are um, there's an ebook. There's a five step challenge. There's a handful of different things that you can find there. You can sign up for that uh, for free at fouranimalsforearth.com/freelibrary. All right, uh, that's all I have to share with you for today. So I'll see you soon. Bye.